Hey folks, welcome to Relevance for today. Just have a quick message for you, a quick warning to let you know that the following podcast is going to have some language in it, no swearing, but the topics that are going to be talked about are more for adults and ages 17 and over. So I just wanted to make that public announcement to you, ages 17 and up. It's a great message. It's about the life of a man who was rescued out of transgender confusion. And it's a powerful message, but he goes into detail of the life that he had and what he went through as a child on into teens and all throughout his adult life up until a few years ago. So I just wanted to pass on that warning to you. Enjoy the show. God bless. Hey folks, Steve Lewis here. Welcome to Relevance for today. We've got a great show today for you. An amazing story about a man's transformation. You are going to love this. Everyone needs to hear this man's story. Stay tuned. Okay, folks, so we are back. My special guest on the show is Jeffrey Johnston. He lived a transgender life for over 23 years, came close to death, met the Lord. His life has been changed. Jeffrey, welcome to the show. Good evening, Steve. It's good to be with you tonight. Yes, it is. Definitely good to have you. So you know what? Everybody's heard me all the time, so it's time to hear some good stuff, some amazing things. Why don't you share your story, brother? Well, I'll I'll share part of um, the devastating things that happened to me in my life that would lead me up to even wanting to change my uh, appearance physically and live it as transgender. Um, Mm -hmm. When I was nine years old, uh, I was raped by one of my father's employees, and this happened uh, for a period of of two years. Mm. And uh, shortly after this, my parents went through a divorce, and so that was very devastating on me. And I used to question myself, why do men want to have sex with me? Mm. It was just very puzzling and confusing. Um, So I had allowed myself to go see a doctor um, at the hospital because I had developed an ulcer because of the, you know, it was just so much on my nerves. Mm. Uh, So I had an ulcer and I went to see the doctor. However, when I started to answer some questions to the doctor, he said to me, well, you might as well just face the fact that you were born gay. Oh, no. And... uh, you need to be around people of your own kind. Mm-hmm. Well, when you're a young person, you think a doctor, well, he's got a degree in this, he's right. Right. And if you don't know anything spiritually, well, you can believe that. Of course. And that's exactly what I did. Uh, so I immediately left there thinking, hey, I've got a fix for this. Mm-hmm. If I move you know, around gay people and just live this gay lifestyle because the doctor thinks I'm gay and that I was born gay. He says, um, so it was my way of saying I'm going to be healed of this ulcer if I just move out of my hometown. So I did that. Mm-hmm. I moved to Portland, Maine. and uh, But shortly after moving there and getting settled, I lived across the street from Daring Oaks Park. And I happened to be over in Daring Oaks Park one evening and I had met some men there in the park. They were doing some drinking, and of course, I drank some with them. Mm-hmm. And so they had invited me to one of the guys' apartments, and when we went there, I was raped by all four of them Jeez. repeatedly. Oh, yeah, it was devastating. Sorry to hear that. Um, thanks, Steve. Mm-hmm. So it was very devastating for me, but if that wasn't enough, on top of being raped for two years, uh, 
mm. from nine until eleven. Then the divorce. Then the right by all four of those men around the age of uh, eighteen, early nineteen. So I had uh, mentioned earlier that um, I had met these four men in the park. Mm-hmm. They were drinking. I did some drinking with them. Right. They had invited me over to one of the men's apartments. Uh, so I went over there with them, and I was raped repeatedly by all four of them. Mm. But if that wasn't you know, enough devastation on a person at a young age, the following year I was kidnapped, Steve. Um, two men had come in from Boston. Uh, they wanted some cocaine. I said that they could have it. Right. I went to my apartment with them, but when I went into the kitchen, all of a sudden I heard footsteps coming up my hallway, and I thought to myself, why are they coming up the hallway? Mm-hmm. And when they come up the hallway, they just grabbed me and pulled me out of my apartment, threw me in the back seat of a car, Jeez. locked the doors. Yeah, it was devastating, and uh, so. and headed to Boston. I re- I, re- I can remember them pulling off the side of the road just before the uh, the border to pay mm-hmm. the toll. And the driver got out and had pulled off the plates and thrown them in the ditch. But I remember counting the lights, the street lights, in case I got free, right. so I could show authority where they had thrown those uh, license plates. Mm-hmm. But anyway, after a period of time of being there in Boston, they did return me back to Portland, Maine. Wow. Yeah. So, so by the time before I was twenty, so being a boy with me really it didn't seem like a good option. Mm-hmm. I didn't see myself as being respected, and you know, I just wanted to be to be liked. I wanted to be right. to be loved. I wanted to be respected, mm-hmm. and uh, I just never got that. So for me, after having met a couple transgenders in a nightclub um, and becoming friends with them, I mean, they used to say things to me like, "You're so pretty. You you know, you want to start living as a girl yourself." Right. All the things that you wanted to hear in your life. Well. To a certain point, what I mean is... Well, I just couldn't understand this confusion as to... I mean, what was sad for me is when you're a young child and you're being raped, Mm. when that's the only thing you're exposed to, and that's the only thing you know, Mm. what's scary is when you start to like it. Right. You know, so that's what... That was so scary for me. Mm. Uh, And it was a trick of the enemy back then because, you know... You know, the enemy was used to say to me, well, you just got to accept the fact that you were born gay. Right. So I simply came into agreement with that lie mm. and uh, just said, okay, you know, I am gay. And then I used to hear voices in my thought, you know, in my mind. I used to hear voices in my mind. You should have been born a girl. And I forgot, forgot to mention this. Even at, even under the age of nine, my mother used to say things to me like, uh, you should have been born a girl, Jeffrey. And I, th- I think she, I mean, she didn't intentionally mean to hurt me. Right. She said those things uh, thinking she was saying the right thing or probably even ignorant to what she was doing mm. um, because I used to p- like to play with my sister's dolls. Right. So I think by me playing with my okay. sister's dolls, yep. she got the impression, Jeffrey, you'd have made a, a good girl right. because you like to pray, play with dolls. So it wasn't her true intentions to hurt me. Okay. You know, but being unaware of the mindsets that she was forming with her words over my mind, Mm -hmm. the enemy took those words uh, and he used those words to his advantage. He said, I remember the devil used to say to me, and I didn't know it was the devil at that time, uh, but I'd used to, I used to hear a voice in my mind say, well, even your mother thinks you should have been born a girl. Wow. And it got so bad, the turmoil and the torment in my mind um, that I just 
gave in one day and I said, you're right, I am. You know, I, mm-hmm. after hearing a couple transgenders, uh, friends of mine talk to me and I thought to myself, well, my mind keeps telling me that I was born a girl too. Right. And I just thought, you know, this is like a perfect antidote to get better, to get well, mm-hmm. you know, if I just face the fact. Um, yeah, so I started female hormones. Mm-hmm. Started living as a girl 24-7. At what age? Um, about 19 years old. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. right about the end of 19 years old. Mm-hmm. And then I decided to move to Boston, Massachusetts. Um, so I moved to Boston. I needed a job. And I had met a a transgender in a nightclub in Boston. And I was talking to the individual about me needing some money. Mm-hmm. So the person said that they could get me a job, and they got me a job stripping down in the combat zone. Wow. Uh, so I took that stripping job, and I actually did that for almost 20 years. Oh, my word. Yeah. So throughout those 20 years, um, I would get breast implants mm-hmm. because stripping is very competitive. Got a nose job done. I had sil- excuse me. Mm-hmm. I had silicone injections in my lips, in my cheeks, my chin, my forehead. I had my Adam's apple shaved. Um, wow. A little silicone, um, some silicone injections in the hips. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that industry is so competitive. The better you look, you know, the better right. people want to come and spend money to view you. Yeah. So. That's what it was all about, you know, if you just had, I mean, I, I remember hearing a voice in my head thinking it was myself, but it was the enemy. I used to hear a voice in my mind say, well, if you just have a little more silicone here, right. a little more silicone there, who's ever going to know? Mm. Who's ever going to be able to tell that you were born a boy? Wow. Yeah, and you, you actually think that yourself, thinking that, mm-hmm. when in fact it was the enemy. So... Uh, so, yeah, like I said, I, I stripped for almost 20 years, and it was very challenging, I mean, because I had to actually put myself in a, a new frame of mind mm-hmm. for every individual that came in the booth every 10 to 15 minutes. Wow, uh, so yeah. it was a private booth? It was a private booth with a bulletproof uh, pane of glass, mm-hmm. and they'd have a phone on their side, I'd have a phone on my side, they'd pick up the phone, they'd drop in a dollar, and the curtain would go up, and wow. there I sat... Um, and they'd sit on their stool, lock the door, and mm. basically, you know, they would explain if they had a fantasy, they would tell you, and then you'd have to address that fantasy. If they right. wanted you to be dominant, then you'd have to be dominant. Or 20 so. years. Yeah, so mm. it really did a number on me mentally. Right. <clears throat> um, let's see. So about the age of, I think I was around uh, 39, I'm mm-hmm. not, not quite sure. But had an incredible urge to move back from Boston, Massachusetts to Portland, Maine. Okay. And so I had left Boston, um, moved back to Portland. Got an apartment in South Portland. But this time I was meeting people who was doing heroin and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So um, when you're a drug addict, and of course I was at the time. Okay. um, You'll do just about anything to... Uh, stop the EBGB, so to speak, or the withdrawals mm-hmm. of, you know, if you're too hyper from cocaine, you want a downer to calm it down. Right. So I did heroin, and I did it for almost uh, two years before I met the Lord, and it got so bad that it became just so expensive. It was just too much for me to afford. Mm-hmm. 
So my intentions were, once I heard about this methadone clinic, I said, I'm going to sign myself in there. You have to sign a bunch of contracts in mm-hmm. order to go. So I did, and I was accepted. But my intentions were to go into this methadone clinic for the high of it. Of the you know of the methadone because methadone is really just a synthetic heroin right. to wean people off heroin. So I did that for almost two years, um, and then there was a there was a time uh, my neighbor and I had gotten to an argument. I, w- I lived in a one bedroom apartment in Portland now, mm-hmm. and her and I had gotten into an argument. And I went to leave my apartment to go down the stairs of the apartment to the first floor. And she was angry because we were arguing. And we had been drinking and doing drugs. Well, she had come running down uh, the hallway behind me, and I didn't hear her. And she pushed me full for, uh, you know, just full force down those stairs. Oh, man. Yeah, it was devastating. She was. But at the, as I lie at the, the foot of the stairs when I fell, my body was actually twisted. And something just supernaturally came over me and untwisted my body. Mm. And as that was happening, I heard a voice say to me, wow, God had to have been with you. So here I am hearing a voice after being pushed, and I was just awestruck. I was just like, wow. And I was just thinking and pondering what I had just heard. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't know who it was. I didn't know if it was an angel or God. God." Right. And so I said, well, you're right. God had to have been with me. Nothing's broken. I was totally awestruck that my body just supernaturally came untwisted and nothing was broken but anyway yeah uh but anyway um i was in pain and i had to go to the emergency room later on that day Mm -hmm. i went to the emergency room signed myself in and at main medical center in portland uh they have like a glass wall dividing the checkout area i'm at the check-in area in the waiting room, there's like a glass wall there. So I could have seen if there was anybody coming in or going. Right. So I checked myself in, and I'm now sitting in the waiting room waiting to see the doctor in regards to me being pushed down the stairs because I was just just in so much pain. Mm-hmm. And I, w- I just knew if the doctor called my name, I couldn't walk with him. I was in that much pain. Right. So I saw, looked out of the waiting room, and I saw a wheelchair just like three feet out of the waiting room. So I got up and managed to get in the wheelchair and turned around. Uh, But when I turned around and looked in the waiting room where I was sitting, uh, suddenly appeared before my face was a little old woman and a little old man. Mm -hmm. And knowing what I know today, Steve, they were angels sent by God. Right. Because nobody (laughs) walked by me. Right. So as I'm sitting in in the wheelchair now, all banged up, bruised up, and just uh, hating life, things, and everybody at this point, at the age of 41. Mm-hmm. I looked down at myself, and, uh, you know, I saw the breast implants through the, the blouse that I was wearing at the time, and mm-hmm. I, ju- I just thought how miserable I am right now. I'm, I'm on heroin. I smoke crack cocaine. I've prostituted all these years. I've stripped. Mm. I totally don't like myself. Right. And then... Uh, I remember thinking to myself, how did all this happen? Mm-hmm. I just simply wanted to go through life being loved and respected. Never got it. Right. And thought, you know, my pursuit living a transgender lifestyle was going to get me that. I thought I was going to get the respect I deserved. I thought I was going to have uh, authority over men because I was so timid of them because of the rapes that I had been through. Mm-hmm. Um, but suddenly the little old woman uh, that was sitting in the waiting room 
She came over and put her hand on my shoulder, and she said, Honey, do you know Jesus? Wow. And when she asked me that question, having the mindset that I had back then, I just basically kind of laughed in her face and chuckled and said, Oh, yeah, I know him well. But meantime, I really hadn't a clue right. who he was. I just knew that he was someone who died for sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I smiled at her and kind of chuckled and said, Oh, yeah, I know him well. And she just smiled and she said, Okay. And she turned and went back and sat in beside the little old man, and I never saw them again. Mm. But after seeing the doctor and going back to my apartment and I lived alone, mm-hmm. I'd go to the bathroom and I'd hear this voice right. asking me this question, Do you know Jesus? Mm. I'd think to myself, Well, who is this? I'd run to the kitchen to get away from this voice. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, the kitchen in the kitchen, I'd hear, do you know Jesus? Wow. I was like, oh my gosh, i got to get away from this voice, whoever it is. Mm-hmm. I'd run to the bedroom to get away from this voice. And then I'd hear the question asked me again, do you know Jesus? Mm. Do you know, Steve, this went on for a period of a week. Wow. I was yeah. that yeah, I was that stubborn. I didn't answer the voice because mm. I didn't know who it was. Right. Understandable. Um, and, I mean, I didn't know anything about God or angels that they could actually speak to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a period of a week would go by, and I was just so aggravated because throughout my entire day, that's all I ever heard for a week. Wow. Picture every five minutes oh my word. for a week being asked that question. Mm-hmm. I was that stubborn. And then one day I just said, listen, and I didn't know it was God. I said, listen, you're aggravating me. Mm-hmm. I said, I can't go about my daily routine. Right. I said, you keep asking me this question. Do I know this Jesus? And then I said, I, I really stopped and pondered. I said, well, wait a second. And I was thinking about that question being asked mm-hmm. to me. I said, do I really know this Jesus or just do I know of him? So I was saying to this voice, this is what I'll do. I'll turn the Christian TV channel on and I'll mm-hmm. learn about this Jesus. And as soon as I said that, the voice stopped asking me that question. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of funny. I thought to myself, yeah, okay, definitely. this is what you want me to, <laughs> to learn. Yep. And then, uh, so I started watching Christian TV and learning about this Jesus. And they were ministering, about, uh, they were talking about faith at the time and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then they, at the end of the service, they would say, you know, uh, it was just like a supernatural encounter through this TV. Right. They said, hey, you sitting in that bed. Oh, yeah. Why don't you get up out of that bed? And that was me because uh-huh. I remember one day I said to, I, I actually spoke to God and I said, God, if I could just not go to that methadone clinic, if I could not go for three days, mm. um, they wouldn't allow me back because I'd be bre- breaching the contract. Yes, that's true. Yeah. So God actually got me through those three days, but it was horrific. Mm. Uh, it, it was just terrible. Um, so I said this in his prayer after this Christian ministry on the TV, uh, mm-hmm. they had mentioned, uh, they simply said, you know, if you repent for your sins and ask Jesus, uh, his Holy Spirit, to come live in your heart, mm-hmm. it's a great life. Right. You know, simply said. Yeah. And so I did that. Awesome. Well, I didn't feel any difference, Steve, of you know, course, immediately. Yeah. Yep. So for, for three days... I just wanted to make sure that I was a Christian and I got saved. I repented mm-hmm. like about three more times <laughs> within three days. I just wanted to make sure. Right. Yep. And uh, so one day I was angry because I wasn't feeling any different. 
I was expecting by me repenting mm -hmm. of my sins to God and inviting his Holy Spirit to come live in my heart. I was really, my heart was really crying out. Listen, I hate this lifestyle I'm in. I hate the prostitution. Mm -hmm. I hate the transgender confusion in my mind that's been there for years. Yeah. I hate the, uh, the heroin, the crack, the powder cocaine. Mm. Uh, I hate the stripping. I, I, my heart was really crying out, I want some radical change. Right. So I angrily said to God one day, why don't I feel any different? And he didn't say anything that moment. But the next day I was making my bed. And when I went to tuck in the sheet and stood up, <clears throat> excuse me, I heard, of, I heard him speak to me and he said, behold, all old things are passed away. Mm -hmm. You're a new creation in me. Mm -hmm. And when he said that, I just had instant revelation from God that all the old addictions, the old lifestyle, the yes. old drug Amen. habits, the old prostitution, mm -hmm. the old gay mindsets, the old transgender confusion, right. all that was instantly gone. Uh, and I was just so overwhelmed mm -hmm. because it was such a radical encounter from God. Yes. Because you have to remember, I went 20-something years right. down to those drugs and the, all the confusion and stuff. And here I am now, a new person in my right mind. And I remember blinking my eyes and shaking my head and saying, wow, <laughs> something is definitely different. I'm a new right. person. Yes. So, Amen. <laughs> so it was a radical deliverance that I encountered, mm -hmm. and I'm so grateful. Yeah. Um, however, I was puzzled and troubled. Of course. About the transgender thing mm -hmm. because you have to remember I had gotten breast implants got rid of my beard had my and my Adam's apple shaved right. had my nose done um, and silicone injections throughout my body wow. to be more feminine looking mm -hmm. so one day I'm just lying there in my bed watching uh, the Christian TV and suddenly the hand of God, the right hand of God came upon my shoulder and he pulled my entire life in front of my face. Mm. There were 41 pictures and each picture represented a year that I had lived. Wow. And I could actually see each picture mm -hmm. of every year. I could see everything that I ever done for every year. Wow, yeah. Yeah, he showed me, uh, literally coming out of my mother's womb, mm -hmm. I actually saw myself being born right up to the uh, to the age of 41 when the Lord was there with me with his hand on me. Mm -hmm. And he showed me growing and just my whole life, and he said, this is you growing, developing, and changing. Mm. And then he said to me, honey, this isn't you. This is what the devil has done to you. Right. So I had such a holy anger now. I said, you mean to tell I me? Mean, he literally mm. showed me me getting a nose job, breast implants, right. my Adam's apple shaved. I mean, every nitty-gritty thing. Mm. Even the things that I thought nobody saw. Right. He showed me that he saw. <laughs> yeah, that's um, right. So it was kind of a, I now had a holy anger because, you know, so many people go through their lives thinking, well, they made that choice. Mm -hmm. They did this. They did that. Right. When in fact... It was caused by demonic activity in their mind mm -hmm. or demonic influence. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people aren't aware of that. Right. So uh, So he showed me and told me that this was what the devil had uh, basically done to me throughout my entire life, and I'm just totally shocked. And uh, But then there was another moment where he had given me a vision mm -hmm. 
um, and I saw a vision. In this vision, I see a brass mask, and the brass mask was full-bodied, and when I looked at it, it was a full-bodied uh, brass mask of a woman just mm -hmm. floating in the air. And when the Lord showed me that, he said, this is a phony mask of a woman being lifted up off you. Right. Meaning spiritually. Mm -hmm. And then I blinked my eyes and looked at it again. And then the hand of the Lord came before my face and he opened it up. You know, Steve, whenever brass ages, yeah, it gets like a patina the, on yep, it. Yep, yep. The green looking. Yeah, uh -huh. it was really cool. Well, anyway, the Lord had a handful of powdered patina. Mm. And he took his hand and he threw that powdered patina onto that brass mask of a woman. And then he spoke to me again. He said, this is a very aged mask of a woman being lifted up off you, of a phony woman being lifted up off you. Mm -hmm. And then he just lifted it off me in the spirit realm. And uh, now you have to remember, I went 20-something years being called her, she, and a different right. name. Yep. But when he lifted that off me spiritually... You couldn't call me she, you couldn't call me her, and you couldn't call me the other name. Right. It was like I was put back in my right mind. Mm -hmm. You see, a lot of people don't realize the, uh, that that spiritual mask was demonic. Right. That's why every time I looked into the mirror, mm -hmm. I didn't see the boy that God created because that demonic female mask that was placed on me by the enemy right. was causing me to see myself girly sometimes mm -hmm. uh, or in a very feminine uh, way. Right. So he lifted that off me in the spirit realm. Um, can we take a break? Yep. I'm sorry. Yeah, let's go ahead. Go ahead. Take a break. Okay, good. Okay, folks. So Jeffrey needed to take a break and it's understandable because he definitely shared some powerful emotions, some sadness, some different things that went on in his life. God has touched this man in an amazing way. We will be doing a part two coming up next in the next three days. And that way you'll get to hear the full story of Jeff's life, of how he was healed from being transgender and everything he went through. I mean, it's just powerful, folks. It's, uh, it's heartbreaking, the story. But the good news is God intervened in his life. God is using him in amazing ways, which you'll find out also in part two. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and pray. And I definitely appreciate Jeffrey doing this interview. Um, I had him on my list before my mom passed away, and then he contacted me recently and asked me if I wanted to do an interview. So hope you folks enjoyed it. Please send him some encouraging comments and strengthen him and, and lift him up in prayer. He will be speaking at different places. In fact, he's been on a magazine cover with his story inside the Christian magazine. He's also did a conference for, um, it was pretty much something showing transgenders and how they've come back to um, whether they were born a male or a female and how God has changed their life and intervened in their lives. And so, it's very important, folks. Just be praying. And uh, Jeff's a great guy, loves the Lord, and he really has an amazing testimony to share with folks. So with that being said, let's go ahead and pray. So Heavenly Father, just thank you for this opportunity to sit down with Jeffrey today. And, uh, oh my word, powerful message. 
Lord, it just weighs on my heart just praying for him. But Lord, give him the peace that surpasses all understanding. Give him the strength to do what you've called him to do because he's going to do mighty things for your kingdom and you already know this. But Lord, as his message message goes out, the highways and byways, the internet, people's, their apples and all kinds of gadgets, you know, different tablets, cell phones, computers, Lord, reach their hearts, reach their lives. There's many people that are in the same situation that Jeffrey's in, Lord. I'm asking that you just intervene in their life the way you have for Jeffrey. Freedom in the name of Jesus Christ for those out there hurting, for those out there battling who they really are. Right now in the comfort of their own home, Lord, I'm asking that you give them the peace Break the spirit of confusion off people in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Lord. We're in a dying world right now. There's a mess going on, Lord. I'm asking that you just raise up men and women, followers of Jesus Christ, that are going to step in the gaps and meet people right where they're at. Just meet them right where they're at. Lord, I'm asking this of you. We know that we come to you in prayer when two or three gathered, you're in the midst. So I'm praying right now, and I know there's people out there bowing their heads listening to me pray. Blessings in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. May this topic weigh heavy on followers of Jesus Christ, on Christians out there, Lord, who are truly willing to stand in the gap, intercede in prayer for all those out there hurting from confusion and not knowing who they really are and who they were created to be. So, Lord, I just thank you for this opportunity. Look forward to doing part two. Look forward to hearing from folks who are going to encourage Jeffrey. And we just thank you for these things, Lord. I thank you for the opportunity to do this interview. In Jesus' precious holy name, amen. Well, there you have it, folks. Um, I'm going to go ahead and close now, but we will be continuing on with the interview. Once again, Jeffrey shared a lot today. A lot on his heart, a lot on his spirit, but he's willing to share because he wants to reach out and help people through his testimony. So God bless Jeffrey. God bless you, Jeffrey. Appreciate you, brother. So with that being said, love you all. Take care of yourselves. We look forward to hearing your comments. God bless. Peace.